This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Busting Satan's ass every day. <laughs> In are you familiar with like Calvinism as a concept? Ankaja. Right. Evan. It's me. This is so good. I'm a fan of it. Just chilling. Sicario. So I'm hyperventilating a little bit. If I fall over, pick me up because I've got some things to say. <laughs> Bringing it back. I don't know why. I don't know why. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have Good Christian Fun. That was Francis McDormand winning. And we've got things to say. We, we do have things to say about uh, evangelical Christian pop culture. Uh, Good Christian Fun is where we talk about that pop culture, the music and the movies and the entertainment and the books or the Bible translations made for and made by, sometimes made about Christians, but we're not here to make fun of you. We're not here to make you go to church. We have no purpose whatsoever other than teehees, ha-has, hoo-hoos, and maybe occasionally some, huh, maybe some of those. <laughs> occasionally, but we don't want to overdo it, you know. And, and maybe a little yikes every once in a while. <laughs> and and from time to time, maybe a like, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> also, the devil's advocate Huge impact on the theme song this week, I noticed. Kevin! Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's here to stay, at least for now. Uh, Al Pacino. We got Al in there. We got Francis in there. I mean, uh, we've had Bradley in there. Who knows who's going to be next mm-hmm. uh, for the GCF theme song. The topic for this week, we're not talking about music, though. We're talking about the written word. We're talking about revolve. Revolve. The complete New Testament, a Bible zine, Caroline. Caroline, had you Bible zine? Did you did you ever have anything, Caroline, in the way of specific to women, like a women's devotional book, mm. a women's study Bible, etc. Uh, when you were growing up, a young evangelical Christian. Uh, yeah, I I'm pretty sure I at the very least had some sort of teen Bible. Mm. Or like kids' Bible, um, as far as like editorialized <laughs> Bibles go. Um, it's so funny. I've never heard the term Bible zine before, and that's exactly what this is. It's such a good um, category. But did you have like a young man's journey of not jacking off New Testament or something like that? <laughs> Ever young man's not jack off battle <laughs> New Testament? No, I didn't. I didn't have that. I had an extreme teen Bible, but I didn't have anything specific to. This is for little young men who right. want to be soldiers in the Lord's army or good leaders or something. I mean, we'll get into it, but Revolve, there was a, a male counterpart called Refuel. Oh, yes. And there was um, 
even a more problematic counterpart to that, which we'll talk about later. But to talk about all of these things, we first need to introduce our guest. Friends and folks, she's a writer and an author, and you can get her new book, Live, Laugh, Kidnap, on March 29th. Give it the hell up for Gabby. Gabby! Nah. Welcome. She's here. An author in the flesh. Well, not in the flesh, but you know, we're bi-coastal. It's okay. Gabby, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Does it feel like coming back home? Does it just feel right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've known you guys for so long. Oh, well, by the end, you'll wish you knew us less. So don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say, I'd like to think that GCF is like family in that familiarity (laughs) breeds contempt. And... (laughs) You have your share after maybe like a couple hours. And by that last hour, you're like, I'm so good. I don't need any more of this. And yet I'm still here. Um, But congrats on the book and whatnot. Thank you. Thank you. Your new book, Live, Laugh, Kidnap. This is not off topic for our show. There's a good amount of evangelical and Christian culture in particular, yes. in this book, do you want do you want to talk about the nature of the book, the premise of it? Sure. Sell so, those copies. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> so it's a kind of a dark comedy about three teenage girls who um, kidnap their local megachurch pastor's son and hold <laughs> him for ransom money. Um, it takes place in like a fictional town in Montana that's sort of, it was like a sleepy town that's being taken over by like a massive sort of Christian influencers kind of building homes, making it their go-to destination. Oh my gosh. A little Chip and Joanna and Waco. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely one of my influences. Um, and it's like about these three very different girls. It's like a multi like like alternating chapter, chapters from each other point of view and um, how like it's affected their lives and um, how they sort of, yeah, sort of take revenge. Um, and get their town back. <laughs> they get, I mean, normally I guess I feel like, yeah, they're, they can't even do that. But uh, I think like... <laughs> Oh, that's our producer. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, our producer's having a little fit. He <laughs> didn't like the idea he, of revenge. He doesn't like literature. He doesn't like fine young adult literature. Well, he doesn't. <laughs> okay, I, I shouldn't dox him like this, but he can't read. And yeah. so when we talk about books and stuff I on the show. I him like that. You. <laughs> it's kind of a Leah Michelle situation. It's like, wait, has he just memorized, no, you know, the sound? Are you talking about the TikTok conspiracy that's going around the Leah Michelle? Oh, this predates TikTok, Kevin, but yes. <laughs> Is illiterate. I'm, I'm invested in that. I just learned about that recently. <laughs> I, I like it. I, it feels... I, the evidence is very persuasive. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Because like the thing is, there's plenty of evidence for it. There's not a lot of evidence she can read. You know what I mean? Like right. the evidence that's there is far-fetched, but the evidence that she can read is, there's less of it. So We don't see just, it. 
it's concerning. And until she comes forward on Ellen or Ellen would be a friendly place, I think, to tell people you can't read. Ellen's always a friendly place for everybody. (laughs) Is is what I've always said. Uh, But yes, live, laugh, kidnap, young adult fiction. A yes. romp, and especially if you grew up in the church. Yes, I think you'll perfect. really like it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and there's also some, like, new age cult aspects to it, part part of the narrative. I feel like when I, to me, this book makes complete sense as I was working on it, but then having to, like, describe it after the fact, I'm like, this doesn't, this is, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's very coherent. But yes. <laughs> but basically, it's like this town before it was, a haven for Christian influencers, like, 20 years ago, it was the site of a New Age cult. Like, the people in this town cannot. Oh. And so one of one of, the, one of the girls, her whole thing is that she's secretly becoming a Christian, but she's a member of this cult, and she has to, <sighs> oh in, in secret, watch her Christian vlogs and kind of hide this burgeoning, <laughs> um, you know, faith, faith in Christ. So that's now, like did, one. So that's one element. <laughs> did you have to do a lot of? I mean, I know this is so much intersects with how you grew up. So it was all anecdotal yeah, experience. Yeah. But for something like Christian vlogs, which was maybe a little bit after your time in the evangelical church, oh, yeah. did you have to do your own a good amount of personal research into I, it and see what's going I on? I watched a lot of Girl Defined Girl on Defined, YouTube. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what I was. Were those ask. the two uh, blonde women that were like uh, telling you how to put makeup on or something? Yeah, okay. People like there's this audio of from one of their videos that I think went viral on TikTok of them like giving modesty tips for dressing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're just like so out of control. It's like if if your straps are too thin, put a button up shirt underneath, and then if your skirt is too short, put a pair of pants, and then it's like. Back- <laughs> and like by the end, it's like you look like Ashley Tisdale on the red carpet. <laughs> so many um, layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I did some research, but a lot of yeah, a lot of it was yeah. I drew on some of my own experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything <laughs> that the editors when you when you turned in drafts of it were like, wait, is this? Is this oh accurate gosh. to the That's you know, a good question. Experience? Well, I feel like a lot of times, like when I did parts of the book where like you're at, where we're at church and they're having to like listen to like a youth pastor talking, like I was watching a lot of I found some like YouTube videos of youth pastor sermons just to like reacquaint myself with like kind of the cadence and just you know it's so repetitive and like mm-hmm. and so in those scenes, like, the copy editor is, like, he he's, like, repeating the same words over and over <laughs> again. And I was, like, this is, like, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, 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 I don't know. One of you guys do a youth pastor impression, and that's. Oh, yeah, I got this. Like, <laughs> Kevin's got this, no problem. <laughs> so I was watching Batman the other day. And Batman, he's a detective. He comes out at night. He comes out from the darkness to bring about justice. And exactly. that's, that's something interesting. Darkness, justice. <laughs> what does that remind you of? Someone who came from nothing, who became a man, maybe not a bat, but a man himself to bring about peace and harmony in the Gotham of our earthly presence. <laughs> I'm talking exactly. about Jesus Christ. So like that, 
that one transcribed looks crazy. <laughs> so like I felt like there were a few things where I had to push back on the copy edit and be like, no, like this is just how this person would talk. Right. Um, like, no, this is actually just yeah. well-researched re- writing about yeah. what these people are like. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise I don't think there was anything where like, they were like, what are you talking like? Um, yeah, I don't think there was anything too outrageous, too outside of what someone who would be unfamiliar would be like, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. So you didn't experience Christian persecution like like <laughs> I, exactly. so many of us do in this country. <laughs> that's exactly crazy. perfect way to put it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The leftist world didn't come and attack your your The secular, yeah. Secular, <laughs> secular, secular forces stayed away. Not to get, exactly. They were not to get me. Um, um, I wanted to oh, ask one thing, what— wait, Oh, I, go ahead. Go ahead. You go. I did just remember one thing. This was also in the copy edit— is that I had that during the tithes and offering collection, I talked about how like people would get up and say hi to each other or like check in with each other about their brunch plans for after church. Oh, Copy yeah. editor was like, seems weird to me that people would get up during such a solemn time and talk to each other. And I was like, I was like, no, you would have like, I don't know, you'd have upbeat music going in the background. People are walking around like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I was like, oh, I never thought about that being weird. But I guess in like Catholic church when they pass. When, do yeah. They pass well, the you're all still sitting Catholic down. Church? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. To me, I uh, always saw it as like church intermission. Intermission. <laughs> right. Like I always thought something you get. I don't know. So. Would you go back to the back of the theater and get an $18 glass of wine and <laughs> which is communion and, and you return to your Exactly. Way the bathroom line. That's beautiful. Well, everyone can get the book uh, wherever you want to. Uh, maybe yeah, not Amazon. Maybe you can get it at your local independent bookstore. Yeah. Or what's the totally. website that everyone can go to where it's the aggregate of all the independent bookstores locally and they'll ship it to you? I forget what it's called. I think there's both indie, IndieBound.org. IndieBound.org. That's what it is. There's Thank this other you. one called Bookshop.org where you can like buy it from there, but then you like pick you pick a bookstore that you're supporting. Oh, that's fun. Cool. So that's good. Yeah, there are there are plenty of alternatives. So many ways on. to support Gabby this week. It's, thank it's you. Endless. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> um, and another way we'd love to support you is by hearing your background, your your testimony, your guestimony, my testimony, to understand where you came <laughs> from and and your walk with the Lord and and how all that took shape uh, and how and, the the power of Christ saved your life. So true. And continues to. <laughs> So true. Okay. So where to begin? I feel like my my Christian upbringing is both very normal and then in other ways, very odd in ways that I'm realizing as an adult that I thought were normal as a child. So um, growing up, my family were, I guess, self-proclaimed born-again Christians. My parents met at church. They both um, they both became Christians in ways that are like super 80s. Like my dad went to a Billy Graham like yes. revival in college. And then um, my mom, when she was like in her late teens, so like for context, all her life, she kind of had some like chronic, she's always had some chronic health um, issues. And like she kind of, and it was like hard growing up because she was like, 
the, the youngest of seven kids with a single mom. And it was just like a very wow. overwhelming. And when she was in her late teens, she started watching televangelists on TV and listening to them on the radio. And when she did that, when she started praying, like her health, certain things about her health vastly improved. So mm-hmm. she was like a miracle. She was like, God has done a miracle. And so that really impacted her. And then... And then I guess my parents met at church when they were in their 20s. Um, and so, so that's that's what their origin story was. And then so growing up, we went to a, it called itself a non-denominational church, but like it was very Pentecostal in nature. Like people would speak in tongues, people would lay hands. People would, like fall in the spirit and like the, the cloth things. What do you remember? The, like, the I don't, no, I don't know like the cloth thing. cloths. <laughs> where, do, where does the cloth I'm, go? This, also, this is like child recollection, so I could be messing things up because it's been so long. But, <laughs> it was Kleenex. Gabby, that was a paper towel. That was just the bathroom. There were prayer cloths in some capacity. I don't know. I, I remember like church ladies being like, I've got to collect these and bring them home and wash them and bring them back. I don't, we. Were they waving know. them? Were they no. wiping their uh, face? Gabby's right. Gabby's <laughs> right. It's a prayer cloth is sacramental. It's used by Christians often amongst Methodists and Pentecostals. And it's for a Christian yeah. suffering through an illness. And then a, a prayer cloth is consecrated through prayer and then taken to the sick individual. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that okay. very oh my gosh. fast context. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, like, that was the vibe. Um, <laughs> Can I ask, did you ever speak in tongues as, like, a child? I did as a child, but, like, I don't think— It was very much, like, I well, saw all adults children around do. me. Goo, goo, and it was very much, like, <laughs> I'm going to babble. And right. I remember, though, like, adults around me making a huge deal out of it. Like, they were like, this is so exciting. Like, the first time you've done this. And I remember feeling— But I remember feeling quite— like empty afterwards of feeling like, oh my God, I fooled them. Like, oh no. <laughs> the con is I on. Knew, I, you I were mean, conscious even then that you were like maybe making it up a little bit. Yeah, this is, I mean, that's kind of the thesis of like my relation. That was the thesis of my childhood. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, so we went to this church and so it was run by two pastors, a married couple who, I, the, their story was also, they were influenced by televangelists and they were like, God has told us we need to start a church. And they were like somewhat wealthy, like older white people that were like lived in the suburbs. And then our church was in like, in like Northeast Philadelphia. And it was, it was in a more like urban area. I wouldn't even say it was like quote unquote bad neighborhood, but they were acting like it was like, they were like, God, like, like, I feel like anyone who really knows that's sort of like, it's just not right. Yeah. But so, to them, it was like, we've come into this war zone to yeah, like exactly. breathe the word of God. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes exactly. So uh-huh. like, that's where the church was. And then we, I grew up like, um, in the suburbs of Northeast Philly, like right outside. And we would like drive into this church every Sunday. And then um, my parents, so my parents were like ministers. So they were kind of like second in command. They would like fill in when the pastors were away. Like they would do the offering, tithes and offering message. And like my dad would do church announcements. 
He would print the church announcements at Office Max every month in like, that was, I just remember always being at Office Max having to help my dad with the church <laughs> And An often and then, overlooked aspect of the exactly, labor that goes know, into the church. That. The printing. <laughs> the printing. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. For years, for years, our church was like, we one day are going to raise money to get a projector and we will have PowerPoint. They kept for years being like, we're going to get PowerPoint one day. Couldn't and they PowerPoint. were just, <laughs> this so was like, how'd y'all this sing? This was like, yeah. We had a projector. Maybe this is why I was so technologically inept on getting on this podcast today is because, like, this was my (laughs) past. So we would sing— no, so it we we had like a we had like a stereo system. There were like okay. speakers. There were like speakers, and they would play music like on a tape. I'm guessing, and then there was like a projector, like your teacher would use. Oh, like the clear slides, and, and it would be someone's job. It would be like a rotating volunteer thing to like change the clear slides with the lyrics and it would be like so funny when they like put up the wrong lyrics and again <laughs> you see the hand like scrambling <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god I totally forgot about that yeah so like that that was the vibe very low tech very low budget it was a pretty small church like because the thing was kind of like you it was kind of expected if you went there, you had to be doing things for the church. Mm-hmm. And this is where it got increasingly cult-like as years went on. Mm. Um, it was very much like you're expected to, like, give multiple days a week to the church. Like, give your free time. Um, and then it was just, like, this thing where it was, like, kind of, like, cannibalizing itself. Because it was like the church didn't have any members that weren't people doing stuff for the church, you know? <laughs> so it was like, There's, like, no one actually sitting in the audience. Yeah, like, <laughs> Yeah, it was so, yeah, it was so odd. And, like, for for years, for, like, most of, I so I went there since I was, like, a baby. So probably for, like, the first, like, 10 years, they talked about for years, we were on the second floor. It was, like, it was, like, a um, we were, like, on the, the church, like, was on the second floor of a building. And for years, it was, like, we are going to raise money so we can expand into the bottom floor. Oof. And, like. And for years, it was, like, we—it was all about, like, the prosperity gospel and, like, we are going to, like, give to the church—just give, give, so we can expand. And it's interesting because, like, the thing—when they finally raised enough money to expand to the bottom of the church, there started to be, like, drama, like— like, it was always weird, but it was, like, some people, like, don't, were able to donate enough money to, like, get, like, someone, like, got, like, their own office or something. What? In and then it created, like, there were, like, schisms between people. Um, <laughs> This is all hazy because I was a child. But it was, it, this is, <laughs> and so, and then eventually people started leaving, like, my parents, because this was our whole, this was, like, our whole life. Like, all my parents' friends were there. It was their yeah. only social life. <laughs> And then people started—families started leaving. The congregation really was, like, narrowing itself down. By the time I was, like, 13 or 14, um, my parents decided they were going to leave. And then after that, I personally just stopped going to church. Um, They, like, since then just, like, go to a virtual online church, like, years before COVID. In the metaverse. (laughs) They go to metaverse church. They go to Metaverse Church, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. And also, like, the thing was, like, too, I went to preschool through sixth grade. I went to private Christian school as well. But it was run— it was run by Presbyterians because our church was obviously too small to have a school. Um, so I went to a Presbyterian Christian school, and I remember always being there and thinking, like, oh, they really have it together here. Why can't we go to Presbyterian oh. church? <laughs> like, I thought you would have so, been like, oh, their faith is so dead, and, like, they I was, don't speak the, like, the tongue of the Holy like, Spirit or whatever. I was thinking it was so much more aesthetically pleasing because they had, like, pews— and they had like hymnals, and it was just chairs, printing, stained glass, and like, oh, yeah. you know. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, this is so much nicer than mm-hmm. our church where we have like fold up chairs and we have to help fold up the chairs after church and we have to stack them. And, <laughs> and so, like, so I feel like I encountered like multiple, multiple kinds of Christianity because there was that during the week, my church on the weekend. I also went to a girls' Christian camp in the summer. I don't remember what denomination they were, but, like, it was pretty similar to the Presbyterian school. And I loved I loved girls' Christian camp. That's, like, probably my most positive, like, um, that's probably my most fond memory of, like, my Christian youth. <laughs> yeah. Was it, the, like, the, the fun of it? Or did you feel like, oh, this is where my faith, like, really came alive or but, something? Because no, a lot of people, the camp experience is, like, the high of their spiritual development, this, you know. This is the thing, like I was saying, the thesis of it is feeling as a child like I am faking this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I loved, I think I just loved the freedom of I'm at camp with and making friends. And like I felt like it was it was fun to be with like all girls. And like I just I just more like, I think I more like the normal camp things that any camp would have regardless yeah. of, like, I was like, oh, I love pottery and swimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. <laughs> and like team games. And I, like team just games. Being and and yeah. I love the cooking over the campfire. And so, and then I, I remember, I have this memory of like being at camp and like, I remember asking my counselor who like looking back was like, like, like a 16 year old girl. I was like, so you know, how come only, like, how come only we get to go to heaven because we pray to our God? Like, how come, what if, like, people in other religions, they're praying to their God? Like, what, they think that's God, so, like, why can't, like, why are they going to hell? And I remember my counselor being like, we'll talk about it. Like, she was like, I don't know, it's time for bed. Like, (laughs) and then I brought it up with her the next day, and she was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I hope you <laughs> forgot. <laughs> she kept like being like, oh. Want pottery. <laughs> I can't blame her. This teen was not equipped to deal with my, my like existential angst. I was like Lisa Simpson over at the Christian. You were a little Lisa Simpson, weren't you? Oh my God. And yes, the, the girl you're dealing with is probably 17 herself. So she's like, no, man, leave me alone. <laughs> No, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I don't know. Yeah. That cracks me up that she didn't even attempt it. Like, I don't remember I'm, her attempting. I'm she's pretty sure like, for the Christian counselors. Like, yeah, like, their, part of their job is, like, oh, like, this development of these girls, you know, in their faith or whatever. But she was like, ah, that one's a big of a doozy. I definitely, I definitely remember having more, like— more like spiritual counselors. I it's probably it's on me for at the I remember this counselor be very being very like she was probably the most quote unquote worldly counselor I had had. I remember she had 
a picture of her and her prom date taped in her bunk and I remember thinking that's so scandalous that she has a picture of her with a boy taped into the top of the bunk (laughs) that is scandy especially in yeah in the bed you know that's yeah yeah so yeah what else I don't know (laughs) I was thinking like for your parents to what sounds like for at least maybe a decade like be a part of that small church that required so much and that their like whole social life was in and their spiritual life, you know, that was everything for them. And then for them to go so far, like in the other direction to go on a virtual church. And then I was like, oh, they were probably super burnt out. Like it sounds like they were working out a ton. Looking back, that's definitely what was going on. Cause like, I just don't think they had it in them to be like, okay, let's make new connections. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that that must have had an effect on you too. To, or maybe it was like yeah. a relief in some ways of like, oh, oh I don't have to do the act anymore. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a relief. I remember being like so happy that on Sundays I could sleep in. I just, I hated getting up for church. And we would also stay at church for like six hours. We would, because <sighs> we would be like, at, the sermon would be way too long. Like, the pastor just loved hearing himself talk. The pastor mm-hmm. would be way too long. And then I would have to stay after because, like, my dad would have to count the offering. And we'd probably have to, like, do some stuff around the church. Or, like, sometimes it would be like, okay, we're all going to have lunch or whatever. Which, that was that was probably the best part of the church. <laughs> yeah, same for me. It was always, Amen. we get to go to Chili's after the, <laughs> yeah. the service is over. Yes, Three yes. calendars. Going to Chili's. Or Mimi's Cafe. Mm. Yes. Yeah, where was yeah, we would definitely go to we would hit up TGI Fridays a lot. Oh yeah. Um sometimes someone at church would have made a crock pot of something mm. and we would all eat that after church. Fine. You know, that's the thing is I feel like I like the I think the only thing that I still like think fondly of and admire is like the community sense. And, like, the ritual of, like, seeing people every week in a way that doesn't have to do with, like... Work. Work, yeah. Or, like, spending money. Although, in this case, I guess people were spending money, so we could... Spending a lot of money. (laughs) Those clear slides ain't free. (laughs) Yeah, but that's interesting in the way that you talk about all these faith experiences is that it is focused on the more external community aspects of it rather than yeah. anything that was kind of going on in your internal life and in your thought life or emotional life yeah. at the time. Were those things just not relevant? Did it kind of feel like even then going through the emotions, <sighs> like you're fooling people? I know. I think I was just a highly sensitive child. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely felt that way. And um, like... I don't know. Honestly, I remember a lot of stuff I learned at school and at church brought me a lot of anxiety at a young age. Like, I remember just being freaked out all the time that the rapture was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, my God. We, like, we, like, watched Left Behind. And then, like, for months afterwards, if I was, like, walking, like, was in the house and I, like, couldn't find, like, my parents were in the basement or something, I'd be like, well— It happened. <laughs> they, they're on, they're gone, and of course, obviously, <laughs> surprise. No surprise here. I'm left behind. <laughs> yes, no, exactly. I'd be like, of course, it's because I asked that question. At camp. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. Um, um, 
Yeah, like that brought me a lot of anxiety. And I remember always getting stressed out about the concept of eternity. I'd be like, wait, but like, it's so long. Like, what if, what are we going to do for all of eternity? Yeah, I just there has to be some sort of term for that, like the eternity spiral that people get into. Yeah, because anxiety. I I have such a yes, eternity anxiety could be it. Because I too, Gabby, also have such a memory of being 13 or 14 years old, or no, probably younger than that. And it was the night before starting a certain grade of school and just crying on my bedroom floor, thinking about forever. But forever is forever. <laughs> oh my god! But it's forever. And then what after? There is no after. <laughs> I it's can't just even deal that. with that. That's uh-huh. all that it is. Exactly. Yeah. You know, my my child brain, like the only way I could deal with that was like, well, I'll just have a completely different personality, and we'll be so happy all the time. I wouldn't even <laughs> notice it's been forever. <laughs> what? You- like works for me. You were gonna do a rebrand in heaven, Caroline. <laughs> well, like that was. Because it's like, oh, you can't get bored. You can't get sad. You can't get angry in heaven, right? So, like, these these cares of worrying about time, like, won't be there for me. So, I'll oh, be like, no, whatever. This, is, this What you were telling yourself was the mom answer. And this is, like, what my parents would tell me when I'd be like, I'm so stressed out. They'd be like, you won't even think about it. Yeah. Because you're going to be having too much fun. And I know. Like, and I was like, I, <laughs> I think the theme like, of my childhood was, like, just— either accepting the answer or like using my brain to make it even better answer <laughs> that like would make it make sense. And then just be like, that seems good enough. I don't want to turn that stone over anymore. So I'll move on. Man. <laughs> and now we answer. don't have to think about that ever again because we don't believe in eternity. And when there's no future. <laughs> and there is no future. All there is is this right now. So you had um, a lot of anxiety because of some, some tenets of, of Christian belief and, and theology. Was there anything about it that felt helpful or other other than the sort of community mm. aspects you were talking about before? Was there anything that felt even empowering? And I'm sure we can get into certain specifics of how some of it made you feel with this version of of the Bible. Oh, yes, that the we're Bible. Talk about. But, <laughs> but was there anything that felt overall good for you or encouraging? That's a good question. I think I think when I was younger I found prayer to be very good for my anxiety. For all, I felt like I was very um Yeah, I felt like when I was younger I I would pray a lot and I thought like and it, at the time it was really how it was very helpful and like calming and But like now um, but now I feel like I just do the same thing, but I'm just like making lists like about <laughs> like, I feel like I would use prayer as just like pre- preparing, thinking about what oh, I would think about what am I going to do tomorrow? And I would think about like things, things that were bothering me in my life. And, but then I don't know. Oh, I get so sad when I think about like child me being like, God, I pray that I stop having drama at school or like, like, oh, can you send me some better friends? (laughs) Oh, that was a prayer of mine too, is better friends. (laughs) Drama I never had to worry about because I was always drama free. But but better friends, I I, I did. That that was a concern. But yes, those those are the most monumental emotional things you go through at the at that time, at that age, hopefully yeah. that's the most monumental thing you go through. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so prayer was a company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. I know. I honestly, I can't. I just, I don't know. I just feel like I was so aware that I wasn't enjoying it for, mm-hmm. at the time that it's hard. It's hard to think of things <laughs> where I was like, this was, this, this works. This yeah. worked. Did you kind of leave it all behind post, post childhood, like in, in college? Did you find a new kind of religion that was no, like, oh I'm an gosh. atheist now? Or, yeah. No, that's the thing is like, I didn't even passionately move into anything else. Cause I think pop. Talking about it now, probably because I was just, I had been over it for a while that it was just kind of like, oh, good. Now I don't have to go there anymore. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And then I just, I don't know. That's the thing is like, I didn't have like, it's surprising looking back that I didn't have like, you know, my teen years, I didn't take like some kind of spicy turn and like become like rebellious (laughs) or something. Cause I think I still was very concerned with like, being Mm well-behaved. And, like, I think I also had this, I was kind of, like, playing the long game where I was, like, okay, I just have to get, like, I have to do a good job at school and get through high school, and then I can, like, I I feel like for years I put a lot of stock in, like, moving away to college and going to Mm -hmm. a good college. And I feel like that, and probably to the extent where I think it honestly, I was, like, like, too conservative in my behavior as a teen. Like, I was just so boring. Like, (laughs) it was, like, I had the opposite of, like, acting out where I was, like, okay, I just need to be just so... I. It's weird because it was, like, it wasn't like I was behaving that way because I was still, still believed in, like, the Bible and everything, but I was still somehow behaving that way, even though that wasn't what was important to me. But like, you know, it's just it's just interesting that like I wasn't. It was just so. It was just so in there that it was like. Yeah, it was just like I don't know how else to be, you know, <laughs> and like maybe yeah. it provided some like yeah structure too, you know, and like how to be a, a teenager in a functional yeah. way or something. You know? Yeah, like I remember being so, I remember being like scared. I remember like being scared of dating when I was in high school and being judgmental of other people for dating and things, but then also catching myself and being like, what, what is my problem? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the awareness of like, when, like why do I care? <laughs> too, I just have too much painful self-awareness. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just remember being like, oh, I wish I'd, why do I care about this? Uh." Yeah, that's a bummer too, because I I think sometimes we've, we've talked to people on the show before in which through one way or another, that church involvement or some of the tenets of spirituality helped them feel like more of themselves and the, this, the, the person, the people that they are to this day. And it was like a good starting point where it's like, I wanted to perform. So I sang in church and that was my first sort of platform for that thing. That's nice. It sounds like for you, it might've, yeah, kind of locked you in a little bit or or mitigated some of your larger personality coming out. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, don't worry. I have a therapist for several years. (laughs) A Christian therapist, right? Um, She goes by Gabby Bad Gal Noon. Now, so she's she's wild yeah, now. Um, <laughs> Many spicy turns to come. Yeah, exactly. Gabby, if um, it's any comfort to you, you know, I was 
I was talking to my volleyball coach after telling her like, hey, it's a really big problem for me that you cussed during practice. Um, I just don't think that's appropriate. So, okay, so I never um, got there. I so you're really- not like, yeah, so you actually sound really normal and really cool to me. <laughs> I will say like, I think maybe, and this probably doesn't actually have to do with faith at all, but I will say like the thing I appreciate from my childhood is that I think I've just witnessed so many weird people, like just so much bizarre behavior at my church, but never in a way that was, never in a way that was like traumatic. It was just like a bunch of weird people. (laughs) And I feel like I developed very strong observational skills that, to be honest, help me as a writer now. (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, why would they do that? (laughs) But I just feel like uh, from an early age, I was just like, so like puzzled by, yeah, just like puzzled by people's behavior and probably like around too many adults <laughs> for too much time. And yeah, well, the thing though that's interesting too is though, it's like my, my parents were really inconsistent in spite of all that. They were really inconsistent in like our media consumption. Mm-hmm. So, like, I watched, and also my grandma, who is not religious, she was my babysitter when my parents were at church. And she, I mean, looking back, she was, like, clinically depressed. She would not leave the house. She wouldn't leave the house for months at a time. And she would watch Lifetime. My uncle bought her a digital cable subscription. And she would watch Lifetime all day long, like, 24 hours a day. And so, like, when I wasn't at church, I was, like, watching Lifetime with my grandma Oh, yeah. And <laughs> and then, like, on Fridays, we were watching Dateline and stuff. And so I'm, like, looking back, and I'm just, like, no wonder I was, like, paranoid about the rapture at all times. Because I was, like, <laughs> okay, there are two sides to the world. There's, like, being at church, and then there's the crime-ridden streets where <laughs> you, get, yeah. you will get snatched. <laughs> A woman will steal your baby. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, man. And it's just, like, funny because it was just, like, there would be random things, like, oh, like, the parents are talking, you can't read Harry Potter or whatever, but it would be, like, but it's fine, it's fine to watch the, the like, eight-hour Lifetime marathon with my <laughs> Right. Well, were there any <laughs> witches in Lifetime? No. <laughs> so, no, sorceries off the table. That's such a great point. <laughs> they murdered with a gun, so not a wand. <laughs> that's so different. true. <laughs> the crimes are different. And that's that that I I know it, it it may sound trite again to say it out loud, but so much I think of a writer's experience is obviously observing, noticing, people watching, blah, blah, blah. But usually the big two pools from which you pull that from is when you're around people that you don't necessarily choose to be around, but are for whatever circumstantial yeah. reason. And that's usually school or college and then work, but church is the third one. That's the one where it's like, that's the third pool of people where this person's not really my flavor or actually love this person or this person's eccentric, but the group of people, the groups of people that you wouldn't necessarily have found to be around in any other circumstance. So that makes sense to me that that would, that would sharpen that part of you. And Uh, and there are just a lot of weird people at church, man. (laughs) It is. It's a strange place. Yeah. Who would go to church? <laughs> a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. So. You know exactly. <laughs> Present. <Guilty>. Hello. 
Uh, gracious. And then as it stands now, like today, what's your, what's your relationship to faith? Is it, it, you know, even, even as it continues to be sort of like an area of interest for what you write, like, is it something that you feel any sort of active interest in, in your own personal life or just like a nostalgic reflection point? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Cause I don't, I don't practice any religion today. Um, but like, I'm not an atheist. Like I I still believe in God, but I'm just not really, it's just feels more vague than when I was a child. Um, and I don't know. And like, I don't, I feel, I don't know. It's, I feel a lot of like, I don't know. It's, it's hard. Cause it's like, it's like, I, I, I really respect people who like have strong faith and, but I do think it, it is hard at times for me to, like, break that apart from when there's, you know, just, like, so many people in our country that, like, Christianity has become tied to, like, the worst, um... Podcast. <laughs> some of the you worst... The worst period. <laughs> the worst podcast and podcast host. So I do, I feel like I try, I try to catch myself and try to, like... Remember, there are people, there are people who practice their faith and it's not, it's not tied to being horrible people, but I do find myself, it it can, it can be, it's challenging for me. And I don't know, but then I also feel like, you know, how some people, they'll like, maybe they grow up Christian and they'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual now. But like, I don't feel spiritual at all. Like I... (laughs) Like if anything, like we talked about, I admire like the the rituals of religions or like, I feel like when I got like as an older, like teen, I feel like I was like, admi- when met people of different faiths, I felt like I admired like the historical kind of traditions they, they, they would practice where I'd be like, what, what was I doing? Like I was watching Veggie Tales and like <laughs> speaking in fake tongues and like people were like my camp was like giving us like live strong purity bracelets and, like, so I think sometimes it's just yeah so I think so I think just as I get older it's like I I admire I feel like I admire kind of the practices and traditions of like various faiths and but like I don't, but I don't have any desire to be spiritual. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so like practical. I'm just so so practical, and I don't like to, like imparting meaning to random things. You know, it just yeah. it feels silly for me. Or like I don't know. Or like I'll do my like Pilates videos, and at the end there's like a meditation, and like the beautiful teacher is like. <laughs> Just taking this moment, and I'll be like, "No, this boring. This feels like you slam shut." <laughs> so that's funny. So yeah, I feel like that's for. I just like I'm. I yeah. I'm. I'm so cranky. I'm just no, like, it's very normal. Yeah, I think cranky. like yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Classic grump. I feel like yeah. You describe something like really common for a lot of people too. Of like, oh yeah, I like I liked it. I saw the value of it. Personally, never made a big like deep, you know, emotional impact that it seems to form the foundation of faith for a lot of people who stick around with it, you know? Um, But that doesn't mean you can't appreciate it. And I also understand what you're saying. Like, I feel like I always, um, 
like I get really hyped up about religions that have older traditions, you know, because they yeah. just seem more legitimate than like you said, like veggie tales and then like a communion that is in the little plastic oh, yeah. cups I and stuff, this, you know. My boyfriend does <laughs> not my boyfriend grew up Catholic and he like does not I'd be like, oh, you would take communion with the little plastic cups of grape juice. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. I'm just and like, at our church, yeah. we didn't have communion rafers. They would break up matzah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember there always being so much left over. And after church, I would eat it as a snack. And I would just be taking the shots of grape juice. <laughs> That's delicious. There was like a few times where I somehow like got in the responsibility of like pouring the juice or whatever. And I was so stoked because I was going to get a big cup for me later. And that was really exactly <laughs> a little, little conflicted about it. But ultimately, found out. I, did you ever go to a church where I went to a Christian church where at communion, they served like actual wine to the entire congregation, like including children. You could come and get like communion. And it was like real wine. That blew my mind. That's where I've never, you know what? Mm. I have vague memories of going to a friend's church and her being like, it's real wine. Like, (laughs) (laughs) we're about to get wasted. This ain't your grandma's church. We got real wine. Gabby goes around, like, smacking the cups out of everyone, like, checking IDs. (laughs) Show me your driver's license. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What a cool little personality. (laughs) And a scared child. Oh. No. Well. You, a scared child who grew up to be a slightly less scared adult. That's hey. so true. Isn't that no, probably more want. scared. <laughs> <laughs> but of the right things. Not of demons or eternity, but oh, of, yeah. I don't know. So true. I'm not scared of demons at all anymore. That's a win in my book. That took up a lot of Girl, time. Girl, me too. I was going to ask if that was the big one. Because like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I've talked about this show too many times. I won't bring it up again. But I feel like also, especially in Pentecostal churches, because like spiritual warfare is so real and like present. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of devil and demon. Oh my God. I just think of so much stuff I would get stressed out about that was fake. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, I remember it would be a thing because like, I think sometimes like people would come to our church who had like maybe tangible issues like <clears throat> drug addiction, sure. alcoholism or things. And it would be like, well, it's because you have a demon in you that needs to be cast out. And oh, yeah. then there'd be like the dramatic like, like, oh, like they were screaming, the demon came out of them. And like looking back, it's like, okay, so clearly like the person everyone was like laying their hands on was like probably having a panic attack or something. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, it's the demon. It's <laughs> and yes. like, I don't know. And then it just gave, I used to think that like, if I, it gave, it gave me the wrong impression that if like, if someone did, if, if someone fell into like, some it, it fell into a bad habit basically like they a demon would come and would would spot them and come inside but like it, <laughs> yes. it was just <laughs> the pathways to being possessed were like so easy ultimately so you know easy. like touching a Ouija board going to a yoga touching class a Ouija like board. Oh meditation anything it was I like an mom, open invite she used to talk she used to be like we had a Ouija board when i was a kid and i or like my oh my god my mom used to tell me this story about why why The Exorcist was such a bad movie that she, like, went to see The Exorcist as a teenager and it, like, freaked her out so much. And then she literally got home from the movies. Her mom 
a magazine for her mom had come in the mail with Linda Blair on the cover and it had gotten caught in the rain. So the ink was bleeding down. Linda Blair's the actress from The Exorcist, right? Yes, that's right. Okay, yeah. It was like the ink was bleeding down her face and it was like my mom was like, (gasps) and then (laughs) she saw that she was not a Christian and then she would tell it to us when we were kids as if like, as of like a cautionary tale of like that, <laughs> like that this movie is, canon. is really demonic. <laughs> exactly. Like that movie is so demonic that listen to what happened to me in real life. So this is why you shouldn't watch harm. That's <laughs> really still getting movie. over as an adult is I still have trouble with horror movies because I felt like I was I felt like I was told like watching horror movies equals letting a demonic presence oh yeah into your home. And like I feel like I feel like for a few years, like people were like, "Why don't you like horror movies?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I'm just, and then looking back, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's why." Because <laughs> yeah. it reminds you of your toxic ex, which is demons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he's like, "Come on, please oh give me God. another <laughs> chance." And you're like, "No, you're not real." And exactly. You made peace with. I remember it. like oh. always trying to like try to nail down the rules of like how you could get possessed or not, but no one ever seemed <laughs> to like be a, a, like agree on how it works or oh, does it. Was it. And I was like, that feels really important, you know. And especially sort of scared yeah. of demons. I was like, so if you're a Christian, can you get possessed? And they'd be like, no, no, no. But then I was like, but if you touch a Ouija board, you could get possessed. And they're like, absolutely, you could. So you need to be praying constantly. Like, oh. And I was like, ah, I can't deal with exactly. that. But well, if you touch a Ouija board, maybe you were never a Christian to begin with. And <laughs> yeah, and then there's that loophole. Exactly. Like, Wait, huh? <laughs> there's so much of that. You can't just throw those rules around. You know, you got to have a, oh. a little bit of consistency. I know. We need rules. We need a, a book of rules. Of some sort, a oh, magazine. If only there were of rules. Uh, oh so let's talk this about is... it. But first, Gabby, thank you so much for sharing your story and experiences. Yes, my yeah. pleasure. And your your little arc. Um, let's take a quick break, <laughs> and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. 
It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Come on, let's go. Ooh, baby. Did you listen to any Christian music? Gabby, oh, yeah. Besides what you yeah. were raised with, you know, in the church, I mean. Yeah. Well, and this ties into it because we would spend a lot of time at the Christian bookstore at my mall. Well, Wellspring, I think it was called. Was that okay. the chain? Wellspring? I don't and know. And I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Um, Or something with water, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, And I would buy Christian CDs there. And Zoe Girl, all of those. Mary Mary. Um, <laughs> I guess. Wait, Caroline, you know. <laughs> I, I have found... You were right, Gabby. It is called Wellspring uh, Christian Books. Carolina, mm-hmm. I want you to read out loud. I've gone to their oh. website. I want you to read out loud what their tagline is. <gasps> <laughs> Wellspring <laughs> Community Church. Consider the source. I don't— Consider I think, the source. <laughs> Wait, is Alec a Christian? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he probably has been driven to hiding underground because of the leftist oh. Hollywood elite. Yeah. Poor guy. Well, and lawsuits. I hope he can come out sometime. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Zoe Girl were was on the playlist. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm familiar um, with all of those. Does the name Kevin Max mean anything to you? Kevin Max, Michael Tate, Toby Mac, three Toby members, Mac. two of of DC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Reliant K. That sure. wasn't my thing. That that wasn't my. That's the thing is I liked I liked the pop girlies. <laughs> yeah, of course. You're Stacey Ricos. Stacey Rico, oh yes, love, Gorgeous. oh my god, it holds up. Stacey Rico, who listened to this podcast one time, maybe <laughs> again, I don't know. We were supposed to. Well, no, we'll talk about that off mic. <laughs> Never mind. Why would I share that? Um, but you also had in your life a little Bible, yeah, zine called Revolve. Revolve, which uh, you know, the first printing and publication of it was back in 2003. So for listeners that may not have had it, a little recap of what it is, of what Revolve is, is that it's essentially a translation of the Bible, but formatted like it's a magazine, like a Glamour or a Cosmopolitan. And in addition to a straight across the plate translation of the Bible, it also contains freaking, you know, little sidebars, little features, things like, um, you know, what is it called? Beauty tips, blabs, promises. Oh, beauty Learn secrets. Learn it and live it. Learn it and live Guys it. Guys speak out. Guys, Guys speak, speak out, out is really important. <laughs> really important. Guys speak out, which is one of my favorite things. And the whole thing was to appeal, obviously, to a younger feminine audience uh with this stuff and make it something a little bit more 
in their strike zone, and it was a it was a smashing success. It was so commercially popular; it sold so many really? copies. Yes, yeah, that makes sense. I believe it sold like forty thousand copies in its first printing, and then one hundred twenty thousand oh in its second, which in publishing Damn. is a lot. That's a lot. And so they did. They they launched Refuel, which was you know the the kind of male version of that, and then <laughs> I was looking up a. I was looking up a little um, academic paper actually written about it, and there was a there was a Bible zine uh, that this author writes. There was a Bible zine for an urban hip hop culture entitled "Real," which features oh. a headline on its cover reading "Jail Ain't No Joke." No, uh, what? No. Yes. So, so there were multiple iterations of oh this. Oh my god! And and it did cause the stock of Thomas Nelson to go up. The the Christian publisher who put it out. It was a big big deal, um, upon its its publication and a big enough hmm. deal that made its way into one young woman's life, Gabby's. Oh my gosh! And yeah. So how to get there? What was yeah. your experience with so, it? Okay. So pick picture it. You're at, you're at the mall on Friday night with your parents at, at Wellspring. We probably just got some dinner at Sparrow in the food court. And Wellspring is so boring because all it is, all it is is devotionals for adults. It's so boring in there. But so then they Rick ha- Warren. Exactly. Exactly. It's like they have like the purpose-driven life, like um, the like the purpose driven life like journal the yeah. purpose driven life devotional exactly it's the purpose driven life a, condoms the purpose exactly. life. <laughs> can you imagine it's just, it's just a way it's just a wasteland and then there's a beacon there's a beacon in the back of the store on their one their one YA shelf and the beacon is this bible that looks that looks like it's a teen magazine. It looks, it's got these, these smiling, healthy, jubilant, cool teen girls on the front. And it, it has things, headlines like beauty secrets you've never heard before. 100 plus ways to apply your faith. How to get along with your mom. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yes, finally, something for me in, in this wasteland and of course, when I'm like, mom, dad, can I get this? They're like, oh my gosh, you want to buy a copy of the New Testament? Of course, we'll get that for you. <laughs> and that's how this came into my life. And then honestly, I'm really happy that you guys agreed to talk about this because I, for a while, I feel like I fever dreamed it. Like I would think, like, I just felt like I I would bring this up with people and they'd be like, we don't know what you're talking about. This never happened. Like, <laughs> So I'm excited that we can talk about it. Hopefully more people can come forward and talk about how this uh, Bible scarred them. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah, you know, once one survivor comes forward from Revolve, more are encouraged to. And the, I mean, it's the, we have to talk about the presentation a lot because like it's so cute. Like it's a really, it's really, really cute, cute, precious. It looks really fun. And like Gabby said, yeah, it looks like a magazine. It looks approachable. And I think it I think that based on the questions, like the target audience are like maybe eighth graders to like juniors in high school. Yeah. Like really young girls, you know? And so and if you're a young Christian girl, you're not even really allowed to read most magazines anyway because exactly. they're full of sex and like exactly. dirty stuff that you don't need to know about. 
And so to have access to something like this, first of all, just feels like, to me, I remember seeing things like this and I was like, oh, this is finally like my entry point to like the older girl world. Exactly. <laughs> like understand. I also feel like magazines were really, I feel like we were like the last generation of teens for whom magazines had an impact. Yeah. That were like important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to be left out of that was like. <laughs> yeah. I, no. I had a few, like I looked at ones I think that were like purely about clothes, like Lucky yeah. Magazine. I don't know if you remember that one. I oh, yeah. read well, that a lot. Going like, back to the inconsistencies in my parents' media consumption, my mom subscribed to like multiple magazines. And I remember we got, we got 17 and like Cosmo Girl and wow. all those, but but like she would go through sometimes and rip out articles before yeah. we would read them because it was like huh. they were they were too sexual or yeah you yeah because it, it was like was ten like, how to blow your man's mind in yeah. bed <laughs> yeah. and like five fingers you could stick yeah. up your butthole so, <laughs> this was like crazy stuff I don't know I mean, it's top ten fingers to put in the butt <laughs> <laughs> wow so. So the the like the aesthetic of this is like so yeah. it, it can't be overstated like how exciting this was and the fact that like yeah this is I didn't even you wouldn't know this was a Bible unless you were like really paying attention yeah it would be probably be kind of actually disappointing once you did realize it was just a Bible with like annotations like I probably wouldn't yeah. even read the Bible version sure 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 yeah and you know this is a game that continues to be played in you know popular contemporary Christian culture now they have. Bibles that instead of that aesthetic, because again, it's very 2003, so the colors are neon and the design choices reflect the trends of the time, of course. But now they have ones more to the aesthetic of, say, your darling magazines, a very 2010 sort of mm, like reference point. Kinfolk or whatever. Yes, oh, yes, very kinfolk core Bibles or, or in a lot of cases, single books of the Bible. So you can get... The Kinfolk oh. version of the Gospel of Luke, etc. So it's something that continues to happen. It is interesting, though, the the point you made, Gabby, that our generation of 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 being a teenager, roughly whatever you know, our strike zone is, is probably the last one with a proliferate or or a prevailing relationship with printed media in that yeah. way. Whereas, totally. like for the generations before, is Tiger Beat and whatever the hell, and then. For our generation, it was that. And now it's like, now you would probably just read it on your phone, whatever the actual content yeah. of the article or, or like, do moi. Like, that's not going to be a, <laughs> that'll be a nostalgic reference point, though, wow. in 15 years for some Who's kids. Who's going to start a Christian do <laughs> I think this podcast is a Christian do I think, in a lot yeah, of ways. We're breaking some news here and there. We've already done oh it. God. But it's so interesting because, especially the rhetoric you get at this time in your life, in, youth group in middle school is, hey, you don't have to be like the other kids at school. You don't oh have my to God. do, you don't it have to go to parties. Me out. <laughs> you don't have this to. This renewed so much. Yes. Revisiting this. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> but the, the, um, so, so the whole thing of like holiness and, and like a biblical precept is like, hey, don't be conformed by the world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Holiness means to be set apart and then by doing so and to get the message across, there is an inherent concession in the delivery mechanism, which is making something that looks like something exactly completely native to secular culture, where it's like, yeah, we have to, you know, kind of 
gussy it up. Yeah. In these exactly. like modern yeah. sort of um what might be uh perceived as frivolous trappings to deliver a very hardline conservative gender ethic and message that lay within because this thing goes hard with the gender. Oh my God. Like it's teaching girls like, and I know we talk about this a lot in the, the inherent patriarchy of a lot of Christian media, especially for young people and young girls, like for whom it's created at this time. But some of the stuff in here, like if you're right, Caroline, in that you, you do conceive the, the target audience being, a seventh grader or an eighth grader, it is it is staggeringly like hard nosed in, in places. Oh yes. So oh my god. One of the sort of um one of the sort of sidebar pieces, the the featurettes or whatever you want to call it, is something called blabs, which is like a QA, like a dear Abby, like, I have this problem in my life. How am I gonna solve it? And or or just like general questions in life. One of them was Hey, my question is, how do you tell a friend that's your crush, that you're into him without ruining the relationship? And the answer, as presupposed in Revolve, is, you know, how do you tell a a friend that's your crush that you're into him? The answer (laughs) is, you don't. Sorry. You just don't tell him without ruining your friendship. God made guys to be leaders. That means they lead in relationships. They tell you they like you. It is just an all-around bad idea for girls to take on guys' responsibility. So even that, which to me feels different from the complementarianism that we've talked about on the show a lot. Yeah. Hey, you know, in marriage, it goes a different way. But even in dating, they're like, don't initiate a conversation with a man. A crush was not to be initiated by you. Like it starts like at the the bud of a relationship. Like, yeah, I was surprised to read that too. But also, (laughs) this is so weird, but like reading a lot of these, I was like, uh, I felt vindicated because it was like, I remember knowing these rules and yet I can't point to like anything in print or somewhere of like all these things that I learned about like how to be a girl and like what boys are like and what you're supposed to do. And so reading this stuff, <laughs> like like that yeah. answer to the question, I was like, okay, yes, I wasn't crazy. Like I knew I was learning this somewhere, but I couldn't yeah. like really point to where it I was. I felt the same way revisiting this. I yes. was like, oh my God, no wonder I was so confused. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, the and the guys, we have to talk about guys speak out too because this is like yes. the stuff they say. Okay, let me give a little bit of fairness to this Bible zine is they are also tackling really important and hard topics. They are talking about race. Uh, they talk about sexual abuse. They talk about depression. They, they talk, talk about, about a lot cloning. Of they talk about cloning. human cloning. cloning. <laughs> They talk about cloning. Um, And a lot of their answers to those are like, go talk to somebody, call the police, talk to a counselor, tell your parents, like, do not keep that to yourself. Like, a lot of their solutions are good. Yes. Yes. Which I was like, oh, I don't know if I would have credited them with that. So we have to say thank you for for bringing that out. Thank you, Revolve. But then (laughs) the the guys speak out. Uh, First of all, they never like name the guys that are speaking no. so These obviously this is just men. written <laughs> and some of the men that are like I put one in the chat I was like is this man 
35, yeah, 40? No, these like, are not teens. These are no. stock images yes. of middle-aged men. I, and just for, for context. Little girls be listening to a 45-year-old be like, I like a girl that's natural. <laughs> I mean, I've been divorced twice, but here's what I'm looking for. Oh, it's horrifying. But anyway, let me finish my thought. But the, a lot of the guys speak out. Are guys that seem to not like women? Like yes. they are yes. just like there was one that was like oh. it was it was like do you, do you prefer hanging out with girls or guys? And it was yes. like guys, they're way less drama. We can just talk about what's really important to us without all the drama of girls. And it was yes. like then go kiss each other. What is going yeah, on? Yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I mean, that kind of stuff like fed that feeling of like oh yeah, girls suck. You know, obviously. <laughs> so like that makes sense. This one, you know, we've got a nice, like, what, 39-year-old here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what annoys you about girls? Also, why would they put that question in a girl's zine? So what do you <laughs> not like about me? And his only- answer is, when they demand that I notice their haircut and they've gotten only, like, half an inch cut off, they get their feelings hurt so easily. I was like, what the fuck? Like, why would they- <laughs> What uh, teaching were they like, trying oh, to impart yeah. to girls beyond, like, don't say anything and like don't be annoying you know one of them is describe your ideal girl the gentleman and talking on his flips phone says i would have to say someone who takes care of herself and cares about her appearance but not obsessively someone who always looks her best at any moment because her personality is so great (laughs) she's got to be just right you know like she takes care but not too much just fascinating stuff um wait there's there's like a one more Oh, yeah, <laughs> Wait, look at this one, Caroline. This one really cracked me up. Oh my gosh. Guys, speak out. Question Do you expect a girl to kiss you on a first date? Answer No. I have no expectations for that. And that's it. That's the, the entirety of the sidebar uh, in, yes. this, in this Bible. It's just. What's kind of funny too is I don't know if you guys like page through a lot of it. It's like oh, the yeah. same topic, the same question gets asked like five or six different times mm-hmm. in, in the book too. So like clearly they kind of ran out of what guys care about. This, this one, <laughs> how serious should high school relationships be? Answer, not real serious. That's time to focus on school. Okay. There were like five or six variations yeah. on well, that. This, also, the guy I, is your father. He's saying it's time to focus on school. So All right, Dad. Yeah, I knew you would say that. Well, the thing I realized revisiting this is that this this is this is clearly written by parents pretending this the whole thing feels like it's your parents catfishing you into oh. reading a magazine. <laughs> totally. They'll be, it's like there's all these random statistics, and they'll be like, Did you know 91% of teens say their parents are the coolest people they know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like, yeah. Wait. Like this guy, and the, yeah, by the fact that there's not even quotations marks around like what the guys are saying, we like, don't even get their names. Don't even try. Yeah. There's no, 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 it's not like Jeff likes a girl who yeah. skates or something. <laughs> like, because at least in Brio magazine, like they oh, pretended yeah. to have it be. Advice for a real boy, you know, but not not even in here. Yeah. One of the other <laughs> major sidebar features is something called beauty secrets. But of course, oh unlike a regular traditional teen girl magazine where they would tell you how to pluck your eyebrows or 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 whatnot, um, they mix it in. Maybe there's like a slight tip, but then they mix it in with this is what it means personally to have inner beauty. So the beauty secret is for inner beauty, not external outer beauty. 
So something like, uh, the Bible is like our spiritual sunscreen. It acts as a filter, letting in the good and keeping out the bad. Keep the Bible close by, especially when it feels as if life's burning rays are beating down on you. And beware of those cloudy days. Sin can, sin can secretly get in there and burn you when you least expect it. Oh, my God. It's it's funny because, like, wearing – like, if this book told you to wear sunscreen, that would just be – Good advice. Like but they more somehow, helpful. <laughs> <laughs> they somehow made like wearing sun. Like also, so many of the beauty secrets are basically like God is telling you to smile, sweetie. Oh yes. my God. I was saying the same thing. Like so oh, many of like the prettiest thing you could be is a smiling girl. You know? <laughs> like that's what makes people like making people happy is what's beautiful about you or things like that. We do have a tip on exercising to the glory of God. Not at all loaded topic. Looking for ways to stay in shape. How about incorporating a compassionate heart into your workout? Do a car wash for charity. Paint a house of someone less fortunate than yourself. Walk in the local heart cancer AIDS walk. Give back to the community. That's the sign of true beauty. And also Amazing. you should smile more. They, uh, one feature I think was also kind of cool. I mean, some of the organizations they mention are questionable, but like they have a lot of... Um, Sorry. Guy, he's like borderline. Like, I think I would be like, yeah, I guess he's cute. Like, I might listen to him. Um, <laughs> he is, uh, they they name like a lot of um, organizations you can reach out to or like volunteer for. And a lot of them were good. They were like Habitat for Humanity, whatever, you know. There's simple. like, they put them with a picture of the same girl using the computer. That's They're true. like, look, look it up, habitatforhumanity.com. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she's on. Um, uh, their body image stuff was kind of hit and miss as well. Like uh, sometimes it would be very positive and and talk about not focusing on it, and then sometimes I was confused. Like they have quizzes, which are you know a huge, huge tentpole yeah. for the magazine oh, <laughs> world. Yeah. Like you gotta have a quiz. Quizzes determine so much of my life, still do. One of their quizzes um, is, are you crushing too hard? Too hard. <laughs> and there's this one, like, do you have a healthy body image? Hmm. And there's four options. You know, you have a super body image. Congratulations. You love your body. It's great to have such a positive attitude. Um, no matter how you feel, your body's a temple for the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then the next one is you have an average body image. <laughs> you're not you're not crazy about your body, but at the same time, you don't hate it either. Good for you. You're off to a good start. Um, and then it's like try some new things, a new haircut, eating healthier foods, and then rest in God's plan. Oh. And then <laughs> the last one is you have a poor body image. Okay, so this is a poor body image. Come on, girl. Don't you know that God created you and calls your body a temple with the Spirit? It starts to time. It's time to start being thankful for the body God gave you. Here's some ideas to get you going. Start a balanced fitness routine and make sure you're eating well. Two, make it a goal to run in a charity race in the next few months. It'll give you something to work towards, and you'll also be helping oh, others. And three, ask some close friends to support your efforts. And to me, I'm like, <laughs> they did not ask anybody with body image problems on this one because they're telling them to just exercise more, which uh, is like Where's a little the girls bit out sections. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Um, just a little disturbed on that one. I was like, oh no, if you had a bad body image and like, let's say you did have a problem with over-exercising and they're like, you should just get in a charity run to, um, feel better about it. Oh my God. And you're like, okay, well, my Bible told me to. (laughs) 
Well, and I'm trying to remember, obviously, you know, I was, what, 12, 13 at the time. In 2003, what the popular idea was of a body positivity that wasn't exercise forward and eat better, like that that was more towards the idea of self-acceptance because so many of these Christian things are so sweatily chasing whatever is the center of mainstream culture, but in a quote-unquote redeemed sort of way. But you do wonder how probably poor, like that sort of body acceptance stuff, the state of it was, you know, 27 years ago or whenever it was. 17 years ago? 27. <laughs> Dear God. How, how yeah. long ago was 2013? That was, that uh, was 19 years ago. Was, 2003. That's right. That was 19 years. <laughs> Dang. Gracious. So. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, obviously, yeah, not a, not a great text for that. And then. It really does feel like the blabs, the Q&As were just, you know what? We got some things to say. Let's you know, create <laughs> straw people for it. Topic cloning. <laughs> I can't believe, and this is not the only cloning question <laughs> in the book, but no less than twice. repeating. Does, should cloning be allowed to come up in this, in this Bible? Cloning is a pretty sticky situation. This is the answer. The first animal clone was Dolly, a sheep. This was a pretty celebrated event in the world of science. It marked men's achievement like never before. When Dolly was cloned, however, it brought up the possibility of cloning people. Many people believe that is unethical. This is man trying to be God. Man is deciding when to bring life into the world and when to make it leave. This is clearly God's job. So just in case you as a young tween girl in 2003 were like, man, I just, I don't know. I feel funny about boys and I want everyone to like me and I don't know what to do about all this cloning stuff. <laughs> You're just looking for some guidance. Dude, I remember cloning kind of being a big problem <laughs> that like I had to think about and like debate. I'm sure cloning we debated it in like science class. Cloning, yeah, cloning low really fell, fell off. off. You're right, Gabby. <laughs> the girls aren't talking about cloning the way they used to. I couldn't have said it. Cloning is in its flop era, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> And then, of course, you uh, do get um, little top ten lists sprinkled throughout the book. Oh yeah, little top Again, ten more lists. More parent catfishing. You'll be like top ten ways to be nice to your dad today. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, random things to do with your dad. Go ice skating, eat dinner, and see a movie. Go hear the symphony. Play. <laughs> hear the Everyone symphony has a symphony play. in town. Take a walk together. Read a book together. And meet for coffee to discuss. Actually, that's kind of nice. Organize a family bowling night with the two of you as co-captains. Go to a fancy restaurant, et cetera. So, yes. And then it is funny, too, because they do have, like, top 10 Christian books, and they're all Thomas Nelson books that are in the top uh, 10. <laughs> it's not like mere Christianity. It's like anything. Right. Got that cross-promotion. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Getting the girls buying early. Um, can we talk about the blab about tickling? No, well, you know, I. you're going to have to explicate this for us, Caroline. I don't know if I read that one. Okay. Question. What do you think about boyfriends tickling their girlfriends? Do you guys have a guess of what they're where they're gonna fall on this one? That is foreplay. I think tickling I equals foreplay. Okay. I <laughs> saw that and and I thought if I were at the time of reading this, I my next question probably would have been, what is foreplay? What's foreplay? <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds bad, but like I'm not really sure. Foreplay is tantamount to butt stuff. Okay. What's butt stuff? Well, okay. here's the blab on that. <laughs> Okay, guys, listen up for the freaking truth. Tickling equals foreplay. That is straight from a guy's perspective. It is sexual. No citation of what guy, by the way. Girls can call it flirting, playing, or whatever. Guys want to be able to touch your body. 
and they're going to let their hands tickle you everywhere they touch because, hey, we're just playing. It's no big deal. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Now, as two women like in committed relationships, do you agree? Yeah, honestly, I can't unless we start with tickling. So, um, <laughs> oh, you literally it can't happen for you unless yeah, there's some ticky tickies. Like it's a huge important first step. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I mean, as a man, are, is that sort of what you are you tickling girls left and right just to get a little feel? No, I <laughs> you know because I I did dabble in poly tickling like in my early twenties, <laughs> and I think it works for some people to tickle more than one woman at a time. But for me, that's just not what I'm looking for. I want to tickle oh my the, gosh. The, the same little rump <laughs> so for the rest crazy. of my life. Um, yeah. I mean, it is it is flirty, but uh, good Lord. It's yeah, but terrifying. it's also flirty in a way where it's like, I can't, hmm. I just, yeah, I can't like, imagine that. Child. This, this just reminded me so much about how, like, the world used to feel like a video game where I was going to encounter... Someone's yes. gonna pop out and tickle me, and then I, and that's how my demon would come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the tickle demon. I Demons are transformed through tickling fingers. <laughs> oh God, yes, yeah, I know what you I, mean, though. Like I, I think it wasn't honestly until I was in college where I was like most prepared for many final bosses of like the world and Satan to yeah, like yeah, come yeah. for me. Yeah, the final bosses. That I realized like, <laughs> oh, actually there is no bosses. <laughs> like people are just living their lives, you know, and like people aren't aren't really threatened by me being a Christian. Like most people actually don't care at all. And so yeah. there there is no fight I have to prepare for. Yes. I mean, man, any other points in this gorgeous document that we want to hit before we kind of give our what did you guys think of the um on the the monthly calendars there would be pray yes. for a person of influence today? Oh my gosh. One of whom was <laughs> I, Anna I, Nicole Smith. I, I, yes. <laughs> Anna Nicole Smith. Honestly, the best advice they gave in this whole thing, pray for Anna Nicole Smith today. <laughs> oh, <that's true. laughs> she oh. deserved our prayers. Yeah, there was like Britney Spears. I like the ones that they didn't give context for, and then the ones that they did. They would be like, pray for Mark from, uh, you know, Audio Adrenaline. And then one of them would just be like, pray for Kevin Max. <laughs> like you, they just assume like, yeah, we all know Kevin Max I know Kevin something Max you is. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see um, the Martin Luther King Day? Martin Luther King yes. Day. They, they suggest you play a song. Okay, another thing. Whoever wrote this is a U2 fan because there are multiple references to U2. Really? Um. Let me, Martin Luther King, okay, January 20th, Martin Luther King Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, listen to Pride by U2 in honor of his life. Wait a second. Good plug. (laughs) Wait a second. Wait. Honor him and then listen to this white band. I know. (laughs) Oh, no. And again, your Bible is telling you to do this. Wait, I mean, can can I, can I, can I have a, 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 in all fairness, perspective on that please that song is about mlk the song that they I list. did i yeah okay. i assumed i'm so. sorry still I was, i'm ignorant of youtube <laughs> the, the music, finest way to honor <laughs> <laughs> the, the greatest tribute given to martin luther king there is actually another an august i don't know why august is at the front of this book i guess it's like your school year is starting that's what it starts oh. by but um martin luther delivered his i have a dream speech Pray for the unity in our country. So they got they gave him that as well. Yeah, pray yeah. For unity. goodness. There's YouTube fans. <laughs> Wish Cameron Diaz a happy birthday. 
Because you know why there are YouTube fans later on in the calendars? One day says, pray for Bono today. It's his birthday. And then another is like, who's the other guy in YouTube? The Edge. Um, yeah, 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 it's like, pray for the Edge today. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they were making sure they all got in here. It's YouTube's manager's birthday today. <laughs> pray for him. <laughs> It'll be like... <laughs> Did you know 90% of teens, cool teens, listen to YouTube? (laughs) I know it does kind of feel like a psyop at times, doesn't it? It it absolutely, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Um, This book is a a CRT manual, though. Oh, Um, how so, Caroline? We do need to ban it. On page 271, (gasps) uh, it just says, Issues, Race. And... This is, I mean, I gotta, I gotta give them a little credit. When you look at a person, do you see their skin color? Do you find yourself expressing signs of racism? Just little things like being surprised to see an affluent African American or Hispanic person, or feeling a little more nervous when you pass a man from a minority race on the street at night. You may not think so, but this is racism. The Bible says that there is neither slave nor free, Jew nor Greek. This means God does not see race; He sees souls. Start for looking for people's souls when you meet them, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, they're talking about, like, microaggressions and things like that in this book. Uh, things that it, it, if this was published now, <laughs> then yeah. you'd be like— Well, a broken clock is exist. right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that I'm thinking of it, you know, when anti-racism reading lists were all the rage two years ago, this was on it. It was white fragility. <laughs> it was how to be anti-racist. And, and it was revolve. I um, I do I do recall at this point now. So Christianity Today at the time they did a little feature on it because it was oh, such yes. a mini sensation within Christian publishing. So they 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 formatted it very cleverly like one of the features where it's 10 things you need to know about this new Bible zine. But they Cute. they were fairly critical of it in fair as far as criticizing the gender roles as laid out in the book and the fact that there was no sort of uh, opposition or or balance to that as far as like what men and women are supposed to do in a relationship. They talked to one of the authors about the representation of normal girls in the book, normal mm. looking girls, because most of the women in the book are very conventionally cute and very skinny. You know, yes. and and they kind of pressed the authors on wow. that. Like, if this is supposed to be for girls, why is it? And they're like, no, we got two normal looking ones, you know, oh, like on one page or something, you know, like they, they tried to defend <laughs> it a little so bit. Old. So it was a very interesting piece to look at. Like, even at the time, there was a little bit of skepticism and like awareness on the issues. And the inherent contradiction the- is like fighting against worldliness by, while, quote unquote, um, you know, sort of appropriating worldliness in this in the same breath. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like reskinning it. And I think that the other thing, I don't know if they talked about, but like the even just the top 10 list of like things you can do with your parents, like very much assumes an upper middle class oh, <laughs> like yeah. family, you know. Oh, like go to the symphony. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, go to a fancy restaurant. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like that too. Do the four like, seasons for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Take some time out for yourself and go to Hawaii. You know, just so, like a lot of assumptions of what you could even access as a kid yeah. too. And that was like kind of interesting. Yeah. No, it's definitely a very narrow conception of uh, femininity and girlhood, obviously. 
Yeah. Wow. So I think it's time. I think it's time to uh, rate this thing and give our thoughts on it. The way this works, Gabby's, we're going to give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. Thumbs up is a holy toast. That's when we send revolve all the way to heaven. Holy roast is a thumbs down. That's when we send it all the way down. Or if we're not sure one way or the other, we can ter- to put it into purgatory, which is... The space and Caroline, we'll start with right. you. I don't understand. You mean you think men should pursue women? Answer. Get a grip on the truth. Guys love a challenge. They love the chase. The game. <laughs> like, it's just like... The game? Wait, up, yes. We're talking so about game theory? Game, oh, it goes anti-tickling? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tickle. It's when a guy when a girl starts asking a guy out, he likes it. It strokes his ego, but he will get bored. And when that happens, next. So guys need to step up and be the man, and you need to be the woman. <laughs> to tickle his brain, yeah. not his body. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you, Gabby. Um, this this book I love has inspired me to pray with my partner more and to let him pursue me. Uh, holy roast. <laughs> I holy. don't. I'm so. I, I'm so sad this was out there. Like in some ways, it was probably helpful, but it's also like, oh my gosh, here is uh, the proof of my you know warped idea of how to be a woman for a long wow. time. Oh, uh, and here I. But it gets better, girls. Right? That's that's for girls. It gets better. One yeah. day you better. grow up and host a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and really slam it. All right. Thank you, Caroline. We turn it to Gabby. Gabby, what do you say? Um, yeah, I'm gonna i I'm gonna agree with Caroline and say holy rose because this just this just reminded me of of so, so many so many wrong ideas that I had as a child and it made me it made me grateful that I don't <laughs> that I don't this is not a source of truth for me anymore. So <laughs> yeah, thumbs down. Revolve can't hurt you anymore. It can't hurt me. I wanna point <laughs> out I ordered you. this online, but it arrived with a three dollar clearance sticker from Half Price Books. <gasps> Ouch. And that satisfied me. I was like There you go. Yeah. That's a deal. That does yeah. feel good. Now, for my rating, I'm going to frame it in the context of guys speak out. Yes. I'm a guy speaking out on how I feel. Please. Question. How do you feel about Revolve? Answer. I don't know why the girls had to wear so much makeup in it. I like them just the way they are. But also, I do need them to look perfect. So I'm glad they did. <laughs> Holy freaking roast. Yeah. And like you said, Caroline, and, and maybe for some people listening too, it's probably validating as an artifact of the source of your shame in some ways. And it's subtle. And it's kind of sneaky. And, it's, and it looks pretty at the time. And it's fun at the time too. But upon reflection and in context, it probably did a little bit of damage. So that's very sad. But Gabby survived. Caroline survived. And I continue to survive regardless. But goodbye, Revolve. We're sending you. <laughs> Down you go. Okay. Bye-bye. With all the demons that Gabby and Caroline broke up with. Yeah. Bye, we cast bye, them out. <laughs> Come on. One more chance, please. <laughs> <sighs> All right, now we're going to dim the lights in here, Gabby. We're going to light the candles. 
take it to a more worshipful space. And on other shows and podcasts you may have done, you may have promoted yourself or plugged your projects. We're not here to do that. We're here to lift those things up to the Lord and our social media handles and maybe something we're enjoying in secular culture. The best, last thing you watch, listen to, read, etc. And we'll start as usual with Caroline. Uh, you can lift up the Lord with me online at Caroline's Farts. And my se- a, a, a very secular book that I enjoyed a lot was Layover Land by Gabby Noon. Oh my god, I really enjoyed that. I actually oh, spent a lot you. of time in airports this weekend and <laughs> I kept thinking You're about your story <laughs> and like how uh, everything is medium or you know neutral in that world. And a, a great story, a little romance set in the afterlife. Yeah. Uh, that is a great read. And of course, Live, Laugh, Kidnap. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I'm very excited to crack that sucker open. Gabby, since I have you here too, I have to tell you, you had a huge impact on my life. And I don't, I don't even In know like where way? you said this and why. In what way? Wow, this is relevatory. Somewhere like a few years ago, I don't know where it was, like on your Instagram or something. I've been following your posts for a while. And you said that you paint your nails every Sunday, I think. Is this true? Oh Did gosh. I make this up? I okay. used to. Okay. I used to, but I I get I I get them done now. That's fine because wow. uh, I have to tell you, like, because before then, painting nails to me was like I paint my nails, I have it for like two months until it gets disgusting, yeah. and then I redo it. And just that simple switch of like <gasps> I could do it every Sunday and have a new color every week and like take care of myself that way and slow it down. Oh my god! I ended up doing that myself, and I have to credit That's you. So beautiful. thank you. <laughs> I'm really touched. This is what Sundays can be so amazing when you don't have to go to church anymore. <laughs> you can do look anything at, on Sundays now. Look, look at God. Actually, don't look at God. Look at your nails. Look at your nails. Look at your nails. And Gabby has like such beautiful nails. And I was like, I want to be like her and have like pretty perfect nails every Sunday. And mine are done right now as well. But so thank you for that gift wow. to me. Wow, I'm really, I'm truly touched. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you, Caroline. And on that, we turn it to Gabby. Gabby, what do you have to lift up? Um, well, I have my my own new book, which we discussed earlier, Live, Laugh, Kidnap. Comes out March 29th. Uh, f- please pick up a copy if you enjoyed this show. Um, what else am I supposed to talk about? <laughs> lift up your social media handles if you want. Oh, yeah. I'm on, on Twitter and Instagram at 12 o'clock with an E on the end. Like my last name. Mm-hmm. It's a pun. <laughs> is um, it a pun? <laughs> I guess noon. it's not a pun. It's because you know how you were like before the show. You oh, were like, sure. Do you spell I your, embarrassed do you myself. Say your last name, Noam. So my username is supposed to prevent that, and you failed. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get ahead of that, Gabby. That's on me. That I knew it was noon. No, no, no. This I'm happens so constantly, sorry. and I have to humiliate everyone and say you didn't get you didn't get my visual. Huge fan. Um, Your name's Newbie Doobie. What's it called? <laughs> and that wouldn't even be how you spell no one anyway. No, clearly I have failed because. I feel like I feel like once a week it occurs to someone that that's my username. Why that's my uh, username? Never um, occurred to yeah, me. Before. Yeah, yeah. Gabby, are you on TikTok yet? 
Oh, I am on TikTok. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone follow me on TikTok. I'm really That's trying right. to. <laughs> you really have great TikToks. To, I like them. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to put more put more effort into my TikTok presence. So if everyone could support me there, that would wow. be great. Um, yeah. Doing yeah. for the girls. And then, what's the last thing you like watch, listen to, read that that you recommend? You want to mm. lift up. Oh, last week I I watched uh, all of Abbott Elementary, and oh, it's sure. so funny. I and I, I was skeptical because everyone was like, "It's so good, you won't believe it's good for an ABC network comedy." But it is. But it is. It's, it's really, really good. Janelle James is so funny. That show. Mm, put that on yeah. my list. Oh my god, I love her. All right, thank you, Gabby. You can lift. Yeah. Me up at uh, Peloton, OnlyFans, Letterboxd, and I'll lift up. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna lift up a book I read this past week called. It's called Attach: The New Science of Adult Attachment. How it can help you find and keep love. Yay. Why are you laughing? That's a great one. It's just, well, first of all, it's popular as hell. So who needs to hear it from me? But I will say. I didn't know it. Even in, even though it's about attachment theory, the theory first, you know, um, formulated for parent-child attachments, it's applied to romantic relationships and partnerships. And guess what? It'll help you unlock a few things or it'll make you go like, Mm. oh, that's what that is. And everyone I've talked to has felt the same way about it. Did so. you get that book because uh, Dexter kind of nudged it under your bedroom door? He's like, <laughs> I think you're going to want to read this one. And he was trying to be subtle about it, but yeah. yeah. He's like, He's you like, have an you're anxious attachment. And that, yeah, you're smothering me and that's anxiety. Uh, yeah, so he did have that off at the past. So thank you, buddy. I love you. Uh, you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Patreon.com slash Good Christian Fun for more Good Christian Fun. And leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity is Rain, once again. Gabby Noon, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you, Gabby. It's a pleasure. I had such a good time. Oh, we had a great time with you. Oh, my gosh. And there's nothing left to say except for, okay, Okay. I I love love you. you. Thank Thank you, you, Emma. Emma. Amen. Gabby, is there, we usually end the show on a little song. Is there a song from, say, a Zoe girl or Stacey oh Rico or not that you would like us to go out on? Something from your Christian past. And I that's believe, a great, I, I that's don't a look great at me. Question. Something like that. Um, um, what is the what is the Stacey Rico song that she had a music video for? More, more, to, be more, to, more life. to life. Oh yeah, okay. I related to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Eh? Make cloning illegal in 2022. <laughs> Don't play God. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. That was a headgum podcast.